God, we come to you. We meeting, we're meeting at the table. Thank you so much for those who can join. Thank you for this time that we can remember and celebrate the risen Savior. You loved us so much, you sent Jesus. Jesus came to save His people from their sins. That's what we remember today and every Sunday and hopefully the, every day of our lives. If we've been forgiven, we praise You and thank You for that. Please bless this time. Watch over us. And we know that You're with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, I got too many things. Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? This is what the disciples asked Jesus. Where do you want us to go? And Jesus told them what the two disciples He sent. He said, you're going to see a man carrying water. Follow Him, and that's where you're going to prepare the meal. He sent two of His disciples ahead with the directions of what to do. The Passover was prepared. And then Jesus arrived with the twelve, and then they were reclining at the table, eating together. We have come here today to meet at the table. But this, you can agree with me, I hope, this isn't any ordinary table, is it? This is not an ordinary table. This is a very special table because it's the Lord's table, right? It's not my table. It's the Lord's table. We're meeting at the table together. In the Gospel according to Mark that Gerald read for us, this is the last supper that Jesus is going to eat on this earth with His disciples. It's the last meal on earth before He dies with His disciples. They met around a table for Passover. And I was thinking this week and this is probably not the first Passover meal they ate with Jesus. We don't have... Remember, they're traveling with Jesus for three years. They've probably eaten this meal before, but this time it's going to have a new meaning. <laughs> and they're going to find that out. They met around the Passover table. Ruth Duck said this in her book, We celebrate the Lord's Supper to remember Jesus Christ and to share with Him now in life, death, resurrection, and new life. She also mentioned people in cultures around the world build community by sharing meals. We're a community, right? That's why we gather together to take a meal like this together. Tom Anthony, if you were at the Michigan Christian Convention, he said this in his sermon message titled, Love Your Neighbor. He said this, 
the future of evangelism in America is going to happen at a table. A table. A table. He was talking about inviting people into our homes or any table, but we're here to gather around the special table of the Lord's table. Because this is a special time. Passover was prepared for Jesus. They arrive at the house and they are going to celebrate a meal. His last meal before He dies. Now before we get to celebrate and remember Jesus together around this table, I wanted to take time to This is probably what Jesus and His disciples were doing. They, the Passover meal, they're celebrating the past redemption of the Israelites and, from slavery. And in our homeschool curriculum with our kids, we had a book this year, and they, it was entitled by Martha Zimmerman, Celebrating Biblical Feasts in Your Home or Church. So this is, a, this is what I used as a reference and it makes me understand this table a little differently because it's a picture of God's deliverance of the people of Israel. And then Jesus made it a more significant thing. But I want to take time to think about what the Jews celebrated each and every year. The meal consisted of different aspects, different ingredients making up the dynamic of the supper. One ingredient to the Passover meal was there was five cups. Four cups were shared in drinking form. And then the last cup was the cup of Elijah celebrating or trying to remember what's happening in the future deliverance. So the four cups that were shared were the first cup they shared as drinking was the cup of sanctification. There is joy because of the salvation that comes from God. That was the first cup they drank together. The second cup was the cup of instruction. God gave instructions to the people to follow. If you go back to Exodus, remember Jesus said, take the blood and put it on the doorpost. That was the first Passover where none of their young firstborns were dead, were killed. The angel passed them over. And then every year after that, that's what they celebrated. That Jesus, or that God saved them, delivered them. The redemption, the third cup was the cup of redemption. God redeems by His outstretched arm. That's the third cup they shared together in drinking from. The fourth cup they took was the cup of praise. And who's worthy to be praised? God. They praised God for the deliverance that came. These four cups were shared. They drank from those four cups together. The four cups, remembering the celebration of our deliverance in the past and thankfulness in the present. That's what they celebrated. That's what they remembered. 
And then the fifth cup was the cup of Elijah. This focused attention on the future. It was a symbol of hope for the Jews. They were waiting the Messiah to come. And you're going to find out that's why Jesus institutes this supper and says, this is what you're going to do, disciples. When I die and then ascend to heaven, you're going to celebrate this till I come back. Let's meet at the table. We are here and we are here together. I am glad to be with you at this moment. But then it hit me last night and it hit me when I was in nursery for Sunday school and I opened a children's Bible story book and it took me to the Last Supper pages And I look at the picture in there and I don't know why it was, but this is how I was feeling last night when I was trying to prepare myself like what's going to happen today because I don't know how it's going to go because it's unique, it's different for maybe all of you. And then I look in the book and I don't know why it was, but Jesus' face looked sad. And last night I was sad. And this is the first time ever since coming to this church as your minister that I come in Sunday morning and I'm sad. Because not everybody is here that I want to be here to meet around this table. We have people that for some reasons can't get here today and maybe most weeks. I want everybody to be here to be around this table, but not everybody's here. You look around, we're missing people, right? So my feeling last night, and I looked at the picture, and I was like, I feel like Jesus in the picture because He's sad. Not everybody's here. This table is a special table. And there's also times that we don't make it very special. We take it for granted. We don't take it seriously. And we may forget the significance of why we are here at the table. So why do we meet around the table of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ each week? Why do we do it? I'm going to share four reasons today, and some of you may be thinking there's probably many more, and yes, there's probably many more, but I'm going to share four reasons why we share this meal together every Sunday when we gather together. First, we remember Jesus. It does not have the phrase in Mark, but in the Gospel according to Luke, Luke records for us that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Don Lawrence wrote in his communion meditation book, he wrote this, Jesus wants us to always remember the sacrifice He made on our behalf. Jesus knows that memories are indeed special. We do the Lord's Supper communion to remember Jesus. And if you remember last week, remember we had another memory last week? Wherever the Gospel is preached, this story of this woman anointing me 
is going to be shared every time the gospel is preached. This is another memory we do. We remember Jesus every week around this table. So first, we remember Jesus. Secondly, we meet to break bread together because the early followers of Jesus did so. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they say they met together breaking bread. That's why we gather together every week to remember Jesus, to break bread together. And I just thought it was fitting to break even more bread together back in the fellowship hall today. Because meals are important together. Thirdly, we have our eyes opened and we recognize Jesus. This comes from Luke chapter 24. You remember when Jesus is on the road with two disciples on the road to their um, house in Emmaus and they get to the house and the two disciples are like, hey, you want to come in? It's late. They go into the house and they're breaking bread together and Jesus breaks the bread and their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. Everybody's looking at the screen. I was like, uh, what's going on? Is there, like a, is there like a movie of this actually going on behind me? I was like, did I put a slide in there I didn't know about? Jesus breaks the bread and what happens? Their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus and then what happened? He's gone. Disappeared. And they're like, weren't our hearts burning because of what he was saying on the road? And then they had to go back and tell the disciples, hey, we met Jesus. He's, he's alive. So we have our eyes opened and we recognize Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I sit down for the communion table, like I said earlier, sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we don't take it seriously. But when you actually take time and sit there and take it seriously, your eyes are just opened to who Jesus really is and said, hey, I was saved by Jesus. And you just have this new joy because you recognize really what happened to you in Jesus. Matt, I call them the two Matts, okay? Matt Marr and Matt Redman wrote a song together called Remembrance, the communion song. And in their chorus, they write this, Lord, we remember you, and in remembrance leads us to worship. And as we worship you, our worship leads to communion. We respond to your invitation. We remember you. The remembrance leads to worship. You recognize who Jesus really is, if you didn't already. We do, but sometimes we don't celebrate and say hey Jesus you saved me and we have excitement sometimes when I was growing up remember when I, I, I say, share this I was baptized when I was 12 I said I want to really follow Jesus seriously but you know what we took communion every Sunday and sometimes we got to the communion table and everybody's like sad there's got to be some excitement when we come around this table because we're like, Jesus has saved us. And sometimes when I was growing up, it just felt like nobody wanted to be there, including myself as a young teenager. It's like, why are we here? We're, we're passing around the tables and nobody is smiling. 
What if we broke the bread together and we were actually passing it and we actually were joyful about doing this celebration table? How much... I don't know the word. It would just come out and we would just be like, Jesus saved us. And I want somebody else to experience that. That's why I like having everybody in this room right now, young and old and in between, because if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is why we do it. To remember that Jesus went to that cross to die for us. The whole world. This table should lead us to recognize who Jesus is and what He's done for us and then lead us to live like Jesus. Lastly, so we remember Jesus. We meet every day, every Sunday because the early church did it. We should have our eyes open and we recognize who Jesus is. And lastly, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. That comes from 1 Corinthians 11.26. Paul writes that. We do this to proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Ruth Duck, again in her book, we celebrate the table, the communion table, so that we can taste God's future. I love that. We taste God's future because we're proclaiming Him to come back. We're saying, Jesus is going to come back. We don't know when, but we're going to do this every Sunday and proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. To whoever who can listen. That Jesus died for the sins of the world. Do you, do you believe that? So don't come to the table so sad that you can't celebrate with somebody and look at somebody and say, Hey, Jesus saved us. It's exciting. I don't do it sometimes. We come in here and we just sit there. No smiles, maybe. No interaction. We can celebrate. She also goes on, and I love this too. We need to remember this. Come expectantly. Approach the table hoping to be transformed. I love that. And then you get in the text though. Either during the meal or shortly after the meal, Peter was told by Jesus that he would deny him three times. And we'll see next week or the week after that, that Peter did deny Jesus three times. But if Peter was here today, I think he would tell us that Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus wants us to continue to remember him until he comes. And Peter Oh, Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 3, or 1 Peter chapter 1. Look what he writes. Remember, this is Peter who was told by Jesus, his teacher, his Savior. Remember, Peter proclaimed, Jesus, you're the Messiah. And then he's like, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, 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 I'm not. He did. Jesus dies. 
but he resurrects, resurrected, appears to his disciples, and ascends into heaven. And then Peter, you know Peter, proclaims Jesus wherever he goes. But he writes this in 1 Peter. And I just imagine him writing this and saying, yes, this is why we meet around the table every week. To his church when he was in, on earth. He writes this, 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes, perish perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpre inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls." Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when He predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven, sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. And I like this. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He called you as holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And He goes down In chapter 2, verse two, 2, after he talks about rid yourselves of all these things, he says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter experienced that the Lord is good. He denied Jesus three times, was told he would do it, but Jesus still said, Peter, you are going to do mighty things for me. And he writes that letter. He tasted and saw that the Lord is good. He tasted, he recognized that Jesus is good. I'm going to have the servers come up now. And as we pass out this bread and the cup, I want you to hold it. We're going to take it together today.
So we're going to pass it out, and then we're all going to take it together after instruction. So don't just hold it until you have just instructions, okay? So we're going to pass this out, and everybody's going to get the bread and the cup. 